Joining us to talk about this is Thomas Trippany. He was an assistant principal for 11 years and head principal for 12 years. DRICT uh, allocates different funds to different um, categories. So they may do a certain amount of money towards instruction, a certain amount of money towards, um, uh, well, that's it's mostly instructional stuff, but there's different, you know, there, some of it will go towards language arts, some towards math, some towards science. Sometimes there's, like, there's an Eisenhower grant that drops money into science. Um, we get like a, a, an amount that goes into what we call our general fund. And we have a lot of flexibility with what we buy in that. So let's say we wanted to, um, you know, reward the teachers after testing with a, a, a breakfast or during testing with, with uh, breakfast sandwiches. We could use the general fund for that if we wanted to buy computers or whatever we wanted to use. There was just no very few rules that are associated with the general fund, you know, as long as it's, it's educationally um, based and you, you can't, you can only spend a certain percentage of your money on food, which I believe is, is 10%. So you got to stay under 10% of that on food. But if you needed something for your playground or a, a school sign, you know, electronic sign or something like that, you'd use a general fund and we have a bookkeeper and she keeps track of, you know, all the different spots. This pretty sophisticated software system we use, it's called PeopleSoft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a there's a fund for the clubs, you know, so the chorus, you know, there's this, there's a, a fund for, let's see what else do we have? There's, there's so many different areas. There's, there's probably six or seven different areas. And then from my point of view, I would have a, like a pie graph and I can see how much we're spending in each area or also how much is left in each area. And, you know, hopefully you're spending the most of it in instruction. Okay, great. So how much, okay, from what your experience, from what you dealt with, how much of the budget gets allocated towards payroll for teachers? Okay, so the way our, our school district is huge, you know, we're the 12th or 13th largest in the nation. So the, the, the overall budget for the district uh, is allocated, I, I believe, in the 80s. It's over 80 percent, somewhere between 80 and 85 percent of the district's budget is for that. But we don't actually pay the teachers. They get their money from the district. We get what's called points. Um, so we don't actually have a spending limit. As you know, a numerical spending limit as far as money goes. So, based on our school size, uh, we get allocations, and it's, it's through our FTE funding we get allocated a certain amount of points. So maybe at my school we had about 750 kids. So let's say we might get, I don't remember what it was. I think it was about 55 points or something like that. So teachers one point, paraprofessionals uh, half a point, and um, an instructional clerk would be uh, a point four, and you know, assistant principal would be a one point two five. So that was our budget. It was, so it wasn't a financial budget. And the beauty of that is we can get uh, the most experienced teachers with the highest degrees, and it and it has no impact on how we our our spending pretty much. Okay. So it's where a lot of schools I know, you know, they get a certain amount of money, and they're they're kind of penalized, so to speak if they hire teachers who are 30 years with a doctorate and that's going to, that's almost the same as two teachers probably. And we don't have to, 
fool around with that. So there's also the Title One budget. I don't know if you want to go get into that or not. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, we're quickly. What is the what is the Title One budget? So the Title One budget is uh, it's a federal program for schools who have a higher poverty level to kind of to give them an advantage. You know, we don't have. Uh, I was a Title One school, so we did. We, we were about. Uh, generally, most years we were around 73, 74% free and reduced lunch. Uh, each district has different cut scores, which qualify them for the, the Title I. Uh, when I first started in the district, that number was around 30, in the, in the low 30s, around 30%, and you qualified. Now it's uh, in the 60s, 60% or so to qualify for, for the Title I funds. A uh, school my size in my district would get about a quarter million dollars. Um, uh, once a year, and we would, I would spend it almost always, um, the majority of it, on staffing. Okay. Um, we would, we would, they, we would get what they call carryover money, which was any money that wasn't spent, I guess, in the district. Uh, we would get a little boost, and the district had to hold back a certain amount of money, so we would get another fifty to seventy thousand dollars in the fall, and I would use that for stuff like. Um, programs, uh, software programs, and then after school programs, remedial programs, before school programs. Um, at the time, you know, most of my career, we needed computers. Now the district supplied a computer for all the students. So that's not an issue that we have. But um, with that spending at quarter million dollars, sounds like a lot. Thinking, oh, teacher salary is 50 grand starting. Um, it's it's doesn't go as far as you think because you also have to buy their benefits. And the benefits package is, is very expensive. It's not just their health insurance. It's their sick days. It's their retirement. There's a lot of things that go into that. So a uh, $50,000 teacher, teacher might cost you, uh, you know, $75,000. So mm-hmm. the benefit package is another twenty five grand. So before you know it, that money's gone. And, you know, usually I could get about four teachers. Okay. Great. I had never heard of that before, but that, that's interesting to me. Um, yeah. So um, I've read, read about how budgets like to fit, they calculate their money based on per student that they right. have. Is that mm-hmm. true? And is that true from your from your experience? And then on average, what would you how much like per student do they say? gets? well, it's again, it's, it's a lot of it's based, you know, on points, you know, that so it's not yeah. like a cash value. Um the, the, it's not just the body, the warm body. It's also what's what the student, you know, does he have a disability? You know, so different disabilities qualify you for more, you know, different FTE amounts, what they call it. And that gives you more credit, so to speak, as far as your funding goes, which translates into those those staffing points. Um, for, for the most part, our our budget in dollars for those things that we spent for most part, that's pretty much just per student. But, but for, for our staffing, there's a lot of different things, you know, gifted. How are you serving these students? Are they with a gifted teacher all day? Are they with an ESOL teacher all day? The more segments that they are with uh, a, a, and a certified or endorsed teacher that specializes in whatever their, their needs are and what they qualify for, you would, would tend to get more funding for that. And, you know, parents think, oh, you're trying to get my kid. No, we don't get cash. It's just helps us get more staff that helps them, you know, and get, have smaller groups. Okay. All right. So 
who has final say on budget plans? Like who has the final authority to, as a principal, are you, do you have full authority to hire or spend however you like, or is there a, a chain that you have to follow? Like, how does that work? Um, in, in, in my school system, we really have a lot of autonomy as the principal, as long as we're, you know, we don't have a, a reputation for, for, you know, making bad choices They give us a lot of flexibility. I hire who I want to hire, but you know, it's still ultimately is the board's decision, but they don't really go through it all. You know, we, we, we interview, we send them through HR, you know, the HR approves it essentially, but they don't interview them or no one else interviews them. They just make sure that they don't have, uh, you know, they have to go through background check to make sure their credentials uh, are exactly what they said on their resume, those types of things. But as far as that goes and as far as the spending goes, um, yeah, we, we do, we do, when we do purchase orders, we have to have those approved. You know, my bookkeeper will put it in then I approve it. And then it goes to the district's finance department and then they approve it. But, uh, you know, generally everything, you know, runs smoothly. There's, there's not really any hiccups in there unless you're again, doing something that you're not supposed to. There's a certain amount where you're not supposed to spend over without permission, an initial permission, I can't think of it. That's a pretty, it's either five or $10,000 uh, that you have to get kind of uh, a special process for that. And that was pretty rare that I had to do that. Okay. Um, so what is something schools like spend a lot of money on that may surprise a lot of people, like that people that never worked in schools ever? What is something that people don't realize that schools, I know, I know staffing and teachers is definitely a huge part of the budget, but is there something that's just like, you can't, people won't believe that schools spend a lot of money on? Yeah, I would say paper and copy accounts, like, so your, your uh, copy machines, and the amount of click. So even though you may do a two sided copy, and you're saving money on paper, it counts as two clicks. And the, the, the maintenance agreements through these, these copy contractors, you know, they, they charge you by the click. So it's a certain amount and it's two clicks. And, and the amount, even though we're, we're so digital now, it's amazing how many, how much paper that we use. It's better than it was, but it's still, it's still pretty high. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And, and our school was, was a decent size compared to a lot of schools in the country. It's small for my district you know, probably in the, the bottom 10 percentile as far as uh, size. But, you know, nationally, it's probably one of the bigger ones. It's 750, you know, where <laughs> our schools are more usually a little closer to, to 1,000 for the elementary level. Um, but, yeah, that, that is it's a ridiculous amount. Wow, it was copy paper. It makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. <laughs> so one of the things that I did, you know, in the beginning, well, I don't know if I started it, but there's copy counts. So everybody puts in a number, their own little number, and that keeps track of how many there are. And I have somebody that checks every quarter to see, you know, you know, does somebody run in a, a real estate business on the side and they're putting little flyers up uh, just to make sure, well, why is yours so much higher than everybody else? So I go and have that conversation with them and say, hey, you know, watch out for that. And, and uh, a while back, that used to be a problem and then it didn't. It wasn't so much of a problem. I used to restrict them to a certain amount of copies, and then I kind of just, you know, let them use their professional judgment. And um, you know, I found it was it was good for morale to give them that flexibility. Also, when I'm 
when I'm hiring, you know, and I tell them that there's not a, a restriction on the copy counts. Typically, it's going to sound like a lot. That most schools say a thousand copies a month per teacher, um, and for a lot of teachers, that's tough, you know. And so some of them it's communication with parents because um, sometimes parents don't, you know, they don't get into the technology thing or check their computers, but they're inclined to check the backpack because the kids' homework might be in there and stuff like that. But you know, before we were real digital. Nice. That's interesting. And that learned something new there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So most people would probably agree that teachers should get paid more, but I think most people would agree about that, but is that realistic? Like, how can that happen? Like, what is the process there? Because when we, I know like if you could just hit a button and make teachers get paid more, you probably could, but what is something that the public that don't realize that makes it, that makes that really challenging. Well, we're already allocating a huge part of our budget to, to teacher salaries. Um, of course we wish we could pay you know, the teachers a lot more. Uh, they, they really uh, work hard. It's, it's, um, it's until you've walked in their shoes, you don't know what they go through. There's, there's so many, um, uh, different moving parts, you know, not only do they have, you know, 20 to 30 to 35 students in some schools, uh, they have all their parents, they have all the meetings that they have to go to, they have all the professional development, you know, they have to stay relevant. So they're, they're nurses, they're lawyers, they're, you know, everything that, you know, a parent would be, they're that at school. And sometimes they're that because that parent uh, is not there or maybe a grandparent's raising them. So the the job and the stress and the pressure, a lot of teachers have a hard time sleeping at night because because of all the different things that they're thinking about. Did my child, did, did my student get home? Were they, you know, were they safe when they got there? Was there abuse? You know, if they're, they're worried about, you know, giving them, uh, sending home a note because they're afraid they might get beat, you know, and, you know, come back with, you know, who knows what type of marks or, or injuries. So the uh, the districts have to, you know, depend on, really it's really kind of economy driven. So the better the tax base or the higher the millage rate is the better the opportunities for schools and teachers to get raises. So if, if communities want more money for their teachers, it would be best if they kind of lobbied for higher higher taxes on their on their property taxes and stuff like that. Um, sometimes the rich get richer, the better the school system, it attracts businesses. And the more businesses, that also raises the tax rate. You know, some of your big cities, they've got an enormous amount of tax rates because they've got an airport there. They've got, you know, conferences that go on with, with all the, the hotels and all that generates extra funds that, it, that ends up trickling into the schools. So, you know, a, a well-run county makes a huge difference in the amount of money that comes into the schools. Okay. All right. So that kind of, you kind of, you what you said there kind of ties into this last question. And it is, what is something that you think the average taxpayer should know when it comes to school budgets every year? I mean, what is something that they should realize that like, hey, this is what you need to vote for. This is if this is what you want. This is what you were need. Like, what would you say to the average taxpayer? Well, one thing I would say is that sometimes they get a little bit uh, worked up about 
small potatoes. In other words, our budget in our district is over $2 billion. And they get upset when, you know, the superintendent is making an extra whatever amount of money and it's really small potatoes or the district spends this. And, and you know, we, most everything that's done is done for a very good reason. And they have to understand that in the grand scheme of things, you know, a couple of extra school resource officer is is, is not going to, you know, break the budget. You know, there's a there's a lot of need for, you know, school police and uh, their presence. And also they work very hard, our school resource officers, on building, uh, kind of building their brand, so to speak, and building relationships with the students. So when they, they, they uh, encounter pol police on the outside of the schools, they feel comfortable approaching them and not afraid of them. 